0: Praise God. Thank you for joining us again on our podcast. As I always say, I hope these are a blessing to you. I, I truly enjoy studying and recording those. And I hope you enjoy listening and that uh, not only that you just enjoy listening, but hopefully that they're building some spiritual fruit in your life. That's kind of what I want to talk to you about today. Something I really just uh, feel strong in my heart about is you hear a lot of people talk about spiritual growth and uh, Uh, spiritual fruit, how spiritual a church is, how spiritual an individual is, and all these things. You know, I can tell you that in over 20 years of ministry, uh, in the last 22 years of living the Christian life, uh, I've heard all kinds of systems, steps, exercises, uh, things that you can do to live a spiritual life. Uh, I've read a lot of books. Uh, Anybody that's been around me, works for me, knows anything, uh, been in my office, knows that I just love to read books. Uh, uh, I I can tell you that that, uh, just because you read a lot of books, not all books that you read will lead to true spiritual growth, even good Christian books. I I read a lot of great Christian authors. I don't read very much fiction, uh, but there's a lot of even Christian authors that that are that that give you good doctrine, but that doesn't mean they're going to lead you to true spiritual growth. Uh, they can help maintain your growth, but they cannot give you growth. Uh, a strict discipline uh, in your life of self-denial is great. Uh, you know, telling yourself, "Well, I'm just I'm only going to watch TV one day a week," or I'm. Uh, I'm just not going to watch TV or, you know, I remember David Wilkerson, if you've ever read The Cross and the Switchblade, 1958, he made the decision, uh, uh, Lord, if you want me to do something great for you, then I'm going to sell my television and you'll help me do it. And his wife laughed because she said, nobody will ever buy it for the money you're asking. And uh, he actually ended up selling it within uh, 24 hours. And uh, David Wilkerson hardly ever watched much television, but it wasn't the television and getting rid of it that led him to the spiritual growth. It was what he did with the time that he normally watched television. So a strict discipline of self-denial, denying yourself TV, denying yourself food, denying yourself you know certain things is not going to lead you to spiritual growth. It's what you do with the time. Accountability partners are awesome. Uh, I've mentioned many, many times before that I believe everyone, every person needs a pastor. Even a pastor needs to have a pastor. Everyone needs someone that they can be accountable to. I I love to say this you need someone that will stick your finger, stick their finger in your dirt. Uh, But even an accountability group or a partner will not lead to true spiritual growth. Uh, Many of you may know this, maybe you don't that we offer non-residential programs called Hope for Life. Our Hope for Life program is a great discipleship program to help men and women that are struggling with life-controlling issues or those that have had a past of struggling with life controlling issues. And I'm not just talking about drugs and alcohol. I'm talking about life controlling issues as a whole. And our, our non-residential program, Hope for Life, is a great program. If you're not involved in that, I want to encourage you to call us and get more information. But just because you attend a Hope for Life group does not mean that you're going to be led into true spiritual growth. It's only if you use what we teach in those things. Just showing up to the meeting, just telling somebody your issues, is not going to lead you to true spiritual growth. Uh, I can tell you that all of the ladies that come through our program, they'll memorize over 100 scriptures while they're here. Uh, I can tell you that I have memorized several, several scriptures, probably forgotten more scriptures than I currently know uh, in my my time of walking with the Lord. But even memorizing scripture will not lead to true spiritual growth. Christian author Fritz Cherry uh, said this in an article that I read. I've run across many people who are a walking Bible, but they can't do simple, basic things such as forgive. They know so much about the Bible, but they don't love. They are prideful. They are mean. The things that they do know, they do not put into use. This is a heart of a Pharisee. One of the things I love to say is that You can know all about God and still not know God. Many people love theology more than God himself, and this is idolatry. You know, when I think about this quote from from Fritz Cherry, and I think about this, that, that, that people can quote scriptures, people can read the Bible, but yet they struggle to forgive those that have hurt them. They want the forgiveness of God, but they struggle to forgive themselves or, or or they don't know how to truly love. And again, I've said this before, we live in the South and everybody wants to say, I love you, I love you. But most people really truly don't know how to truly love. Many people are prideful. Many people are mean. Uh, many think people do things, read things rather in the Bible, but they don't put them into practice. I, I heard a pastor here recently, and I won't say names and you know, I don't mean to be ugly and point out anybody necessarily, but but just, um, you know, new pastor over a church and, and was just kind of the, the things that he was saying almost um, uh, and just just trying to get a reaction from people and some of the stuff that he was saying, like, you know, you've already voted for me so I can say what I want to say. You know, that's that's not love. That's prideful. That's mean. That is that is the heart of a Pharisee to think that, that we can do those things. You know, I'm not here to say that I'm perfect and I don't ever get aggravated, but this is the one thing that I know is is I'm very honest, I'm very open, and I'm also very repentful if I do something that hurts somebody. I I want to to repent and get it right. I'm here to help people to grow spiritually. So what is true spiritual growth? And how do I get true spiritual growth? Those are the two questions that, that we need to be asking ourselves on a regular basis. What is true spiritual growth? And how do I get true spiritual growth? The answer is very simple, but often difficult to attain. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verses one through four. John 15, verse one through four. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, He purgeth, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. Verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Father, I pray that you bless our time together today. Help me, Lord, to say the things that I believe that you have me to say. And I pray for each and every one of these that are listening today, that you give them ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to them. And Father, we'll never fail to give you the praise for it, because we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Abiding in Jesus may sound like a religious term. And for many, we will try to explain to non-believers what abiding means, but to them it just sounds like a lot of religious mumbo-jumbo. However, you need to truly understand what the word abide means in order to explain it to others. The Greek word abide is the word mano which literally means to make our home in. The Greek word abide literally means to make our home in. Jesus said, abide in me. Make your home in, make your dwelling in, make your life in me. That's what we're called to do is to make our life, our walking life, our talking life, our living life, everything we do in life, to make our residence, our dwelling, our life in Christ. I have ministered many sermons. I've taught many classes on fruit. I I, I love teaching on fruit, how to bear fruit. Is your life fruitful? Are you barren or fruitful? And many, many more. Usually when we begin to speak to a group of Christians about fruit, the first thing that they think of is Galatians chapter 5, which is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. You know, we can quote this passage and try our best to walk it out, but as these ladies uh, that have come through our program have learned, you cannot achieve the fruit without the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. You cannot achieve the fruit without the Spirit the Spirit. Galatians 5, 24 and 25 says, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh, which with the affections and lust, if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. So Jesus said, make your home in me so I can make my home in you. Or a better way to translate it is die to self so I can live in you died itself so that Christ can live in us. Galatians 2.20, fa- one of my favorite scriptures of all time, says, I've crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live. But not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, have you ever heard the saying, making this house a home? In other words, a home is where the fruit of the Spirit is are evident. The house is only the building you reside in. You are the vessel, but unless the Holy Spirit resides in you, that is all you are, is an empty vessel. Let, let, me, let me put it a different way. When, when Sheridan and I got married 24 and a half years ago, when we bought our first house, it wasn't the structure that made it a home. It was her and I in our relationship together. Then we began to have children and we bought another house and and, and that became our home. And then as the children begin to grow, we bought a third house. And so we've been married 24 and a half years. We've lived in three houses and our children have now just went off. They're, they're living on their own now. But it's not the building that we live in that makes the house the home. It's the relationship that we have with each other and with our children that makes the house the home. It is not... The, 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 your vessel as a as a Christian because you pray uh, to prayer to be saved that makes your 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 vessel a home for the Holy Spirit it's when you invite the Holy Spirit to take up residence and to to live and that you die to self it's when you allow the the, the Holy Spirit to be Lord of your life and when, it's, when when you ask God to take control then you will produce fruit. Of the Lord because you have allowed the Holy Spirit to rule and to reign so so in order for the vessel to bear fruit it must abide in the vine we cannot do it ourselves but even when we make our home in him in Jesus spiritual fruit begins to spring up naturally from us let me say that again we can't do it ourselves but when we make our home in him when we when we die to self and put our life in him, then allow him to put himself, his spirit in us, then spiritual fruit begins to just spring up naturally from us. Have you ever said something to somebody and you're talking and all of a sudden something comes out of your mouth and you're like, wow, that was good. Where'd that come from? It came from the Holy Ghost. That will bear fruit because it's come from him. And that's what happens when we allow Him to be Lord of our lives. And the fruit of the the, the Spirit lives in us that that comes out of us is from Him. Author J.D. Greer said, You can't just grit your teeth and say, I will have more loving feelings toward God and others. I will be more patient. I will have self-control. But true spiritual fruit comes from getting swept up in an intimate Loving encounter with Jesus Christ. True spiritual fruit comes from getting swept up in an intimate, loving encounter with Jesus Christ. That's so good. Have you ever asked yourself, as a Christian, why am I still so impatient? Or maybe you said, "How can I really be saved and still have issues with (laughs) self-control?" Boy. I've often asked myself that. I'm not the most patient person. I'm learning. I'm getting a whole lot more patient uh, the older I get. Um, and then self-control. You know, I've learned to do uh, more with less. I've, I've learned to, 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 to thank God for what I have and not constantly ask God for what I don't have. But the answer is this. I need to quit focusing on fruit and begin to focus on the vine. That's what all of us need to do. Quit focusing on the fruit and focus on the vine. See, we get so caught up, churches, pastors, they get so caught up in the number instead of being connected to Jesus and allow Him to take care of it. Here at Adult and Teen Challenge at the Upper Cumberland, It's not necessarily about money. It takes money to run the ministry, but we trust in Jesus Christ, our Lord, that he would supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. We want to have all of our beds full, but we understand that God's the one that brings them in, not us. So we got to quit focusing on the fruit and focus on the vine. I wish I could tell you that every person that graduated Adult and Teen Challenge at the Upper Cumberland has never, ever went back to a life of drugs or alcohol. But if I, if I focused on those that have stumbled, that would make me want to quit this ministry. But the reality is this, when I focus on the vine, when I focus on Jesus, then what happens is, is I can push through and then I move on to the next young lady that wants help, knowing that God can work through her. So so we need to understand we've got to quit focusing on the fruit and focus on the vine. Jesus is the vine. Jesus said the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So quit focusing on your works. Quit focusing on your failures and begin focusing on Jesus and his love and acceptance of you. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith in this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. So so let's look at Romans 5, 1 this way. Because of of the love of God that was shed abroad in our hearts and the Holy Ghost, which is given to us, then in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of all the things we're going through, we can have patience and we can experience hope. Why? Because of the love of God that is shed in our hearts and the Holy Spirit that lives in us. You see how it works? Because I'm worried about the vine, because I'm attached to the vine, because I'm more focused on the vine, I'm more focused on God and the Holy Ghost that lives in me. Then the fruit of uh, of those things is going to produce the patience and the peace and and the hope in my life. Focusing on spiritual fruit will usually produce frustration in our lives and despair, but focusing on Jesus will produce fruitfulness. Jesus did not say, abide in my fruit. Jesus said, abide in me. Abiding in Jesus means understanding that his love and acceptance of us is the same regardless of the amount of spiritual fruit we have produced. Romans chapter 8 verse 38 and 39 says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. However, it is only when we understand that His love, God's love, is not conditional upon our spiritual fruit that we will begin to gain the power to become truly fruitful. Only those who abide in him will produce fruit. Paul said in Romans 8, 38, 39, I'm persuaded that none of these other things can separate me from God. I'm connected to God in Christ Jesus. So therefore, because I'm connected, he's the one that's going to produce the fruit. So understand that. It's not about my condition. It's not about my my weaknesses. It's not about those areas that I've missed. It's about how much I'm staying connected to the Lord and doing what the Lord has asked me. Then fruit will be produced. So first we must understand and be able to explain that when a person truly accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that that person receives the free gift of salvation, eternal life, and a personal relationship with their Creator and Savior. Okay? So we need to understand that first, we need to make Jesus Lord of our life. Also, as a child of God, we receive the free gift of the Holy Spirit that lives or abides in us. So so just like the disciples that walked with Jesus for three and a half years and they saw many miracles and they themselves, because of what Jesus was doing through them, they experienced miracles. But yet he said, listen, I want you to go and make disciples, but wait, because before you go, you must be filled with with the holy spirit. So understand this, when we accept Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, we receive the free gift of the holy spirit. But he says, wait because you need to be filled to the overflowing with my holy spirit in order to produce fruit. There are many Christians out there that are born again, that have the spirit of the living God in them, but yet they're still trying to do things in their own strength because they've not allowed the holy spirit to take over. They've not to let the holy spirit fill them up to the full, to where they can produce fruit that can only come from Him. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11 says, As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do so as the ability which God giveth that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him be praise and dominion forever and ever. So as I mentioned earlier, to abide means to make our home in. No, it's not about our works, the books we read, self-denial. However, just like natural house requires upkeep, so does our spiritual life in Christ. So I told you that Sheridan and I have owned three houses, and it's not the building that makes the the, the house the home, It's, it's what's in it. But just like we have to understand, even though that building is not the home, I have to take care of that building. I have to do basic upkeep. So we understand that our life is just the vessel, but it's the Spirit of God that lives in our life that produces fruit. But we need to take care of our life. We need to take care. We need to exercise. We need to read. We need to pray. We need to study to show ourselves approved. We need to do our part, but we understand it's the Spirit in us that produces the fruit. What we do, self-denial and all those other things, is, is the upkeep to make sure that we're constantly allowing the Holy Spirit to have His way. Regular prayer time, time reading and studying God's Word, fellowshipping with other believers are all part of staying spiritually healthy. They cannot bring spiritual growth in and of themselves, but they will help you to to, to to grow or stay spiritually healthy once you've already got the Spirit of God living in you. John 15, 7 and 8 says, If you abide in me and my Father's words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. See, listen, when we bear fruit, when we allow the Holy Spirit to live in us and we're trusting the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to have control, then we will produce fruit. And that fruit that comes from the Holy Spirit in us then brings glory to the Father. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, But growing grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ To him be glory both now and forever. See, keeping regular upkeep, abiding in him through prayer, study, and fellowships keeps us connected to the vine which is Christ Jesus. But is only but it is only through the vine that we will produce good fruit. To stay connected to the vine is to abide in it. To not abide in the vine is try to accomplish things in your own life that can only be done with him and through him. John 15, 6 says, If a man abideth not in me, he is cast as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Remember, Jesus said, He said, Many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all of these things? But he'll say, depart from me, for I never knew you. The same as this. We can do a lot of things in our own strength, but that will never produce fruit. Only when we are connected to the vine will we produce fruit. So if we are not connected to the vine, any fruit that we're trying to produce in our own strength, God will cast them into the fire. To abide in Christ is to experience an unbroken fellowship and personal communion with God regularly. God wants to abide in the believer, yet his abiding is contingent upon the believer's welcome and continued desire of the Holy Spirit's personal presence. We need to desire more of him. The apostle Paul says, I know him, but I want to know him more. I, I know him by, by knowledge, but I want to know him in my heart with greater understanding. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the, the 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 life that he lived and that he died for and all that comes through that resurrection. We need to have a great desire as the apostle Paul is to know the Lord greater on a regular basis. And, and we need to, to seek after him and have a desire for Him in all things. Romans chapter 8, verse 12 through 14 says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not of the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if we live through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, we shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Listen, the Holy Spirit abides with a true child of God for the purpose of leading them in all that they do in their thinking, in their speaking, and in their daily lives. Why? To produce fruit. How? Through the Holy Spirit. So let's finish this with answering the two questions that I asked you earlier. What is true spiritual growth and how do I get true spiritual growth? Well, number one, what is true spiritual growth? There were things that you used to do as a child by age or a child in Christ. When you were a young uh, young child in, in life or maybe you were a young child in Christ, there were things that you used to do that you do not do now. And it's not because of the law that you don't do them, but it's because of love that you don't do them. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 through 13, he says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity, which is love. See choosing not to do what we used to do because of our love for God produces spiritual growth. Did you catch that? So when we try to do it in our strength, when we try to do it because of law, when we try to do things out of out of some type of you know, well, if I'm really a Christian that I need to do these things then then what happens is we'll end up getting bitter, but when we do it because we love because he first loved us, then that will cause us to produce fruit. That will cause us to have true spiritual growth. When we do things because of love for God and God's love for us will produce fruit. Matthew 26, 41, he says, Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. See, our flesh cannot do it in and of itself, but the spirit of God that lives in us. Can do those things. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Galatians 5 16, he says, Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But if you're just trying to do everything in the flesh, you're never going to produce true spiritual growth. True spiritual growth is not that you have to change. Let me say that again. True spiritual growth is not that you have to change, but the love of God abiding in you causes a desire to change. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. When we begin to deny flesh and turn from our wicked ways and abide in the spirit, then we will experience true spiritual growth. So number two, how do you get true spiritual growth? Well, Matthew 5, 6 says this, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. See, when we hunger for God more than we hunger for the world, then he will fill us. What does he fill us with? More of himself. Romans 12, 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When we renew our thoughts and our actions to line up with the word of God, then we will be filled with the spirit of God. Ephesians 5, 18 says, be filled with the spirit. We understand that when we receive the Holy Spirit at conversion, but we need to desire him to fill us. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So understand this, saints. You must live in him but you must allow him to live in you and have all authority. I want to say that again. You must live in him, but you must allow him to live in you and have all authority. So do you desire real spiritual growth? Then you need to learn to abide in him. I love that song by William McDowell. I give myself to you. And in that song, he says, he says, take my life. All I have is for you. I love that song. If you get a chance, pull that song up. William McDowell, I give myself to you. And not only just make it a song that you sing, but make it a declaration to live a life full of God and fully in God. Father, I thank you again for this time together. I thank you, Father, for your word that is truth and for your promises that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Bless each and every one that listened. I pray, Father God, for those that may not know you, that they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that they would call out to you, repent of their old ways, and ask you to come into their heart and be Lord of their life. For those of the that are listening that are already born again i pray that they would desire a more spiritual life that would bear much fruit not legalistically but of love love that produces fruit through the lord jesus christ father we give you praise for these things because we ask them in jesus name amen god bless have a great week